Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. So, before we get into continuing with the Satipatthana Sutta, I'd like to continue and go around to maybe some of the new folks uh, and see how your meditation is going and if you're uh, you know, integrating what we've learned. You know, it doesn't have to be anything profound, but just to, to see how your uh, meditation is going, to see if you're noticing your attention uh, when it may drift and to notice the concentration as it may be increasing as we return mindfulness to the sensation of breathing. So, Tom, how, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Um, Don't have yeah, to think, oh. Well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, uh, practice noble silence. I'm doing well. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Laura? Yeah, hi. Um, sometimes it's just a little hard because, I don't know, sometimes uh, strong emotions tend to come up. And I I don't know, I, this session, I guess that happened. But um, I guess maybe just I get upset, uh, like how much time I realize I've wasted on like false perceptions of myself or other people or you know, just misunderstandings. And sometimes the meditation can be very uh, difficult to just sit down in silence and then confront all that. Yes, yes, very good. That's uh, very good insight. And uh, as we were saying before, I think Brian said, uh, you know, as we undertake this practice, this this concentration practice and jhana meditation, um, we have to be very gentle with ourselves. And that goes for uh, you know, everyone in the room, if you've been here for a while or, or if you're just, uh, you know, becoming familiar with this. So uh, that's that's good insight. Um, yeah, so, yeah, noticing what is present and, and what is not as present. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Laura. And Kevin? Uh, who do we have next? How about Mateo? How, how, how is your uh, meditation going? And uh, what are you are you noticing anything uh, as you're meditating or, or you'd like um, to share it's going very well. I've been meditating for many years, but then I refined more uh, since I met uh, John and his book uh, last year. And I notice, if I have to notice a different, probably the, the quality of my mind is way, way better when I meditate. Yeah. Wow. Oh, very nice insight. That's uh, sort of building on that fourth foundation of mindfulness. You know, you're concentrated and calm and and you can notice when your mind is such so that, that's that's excellent thank you slav my friend hi um this section was nice refresh it and uh, kind of a counterpoint i was stay with breath long enough uh, even uh breath was uh, disappeared but i don't know how i still notice i'm in breath and out breath very good that's that's uh again sort of what mateo said noticing the quality of your mind and it sounds that's a pretty calm mind you know if 
breath is still there as, as Matt was saying earlier. And, uh, we can, we can take comfort in that, you know, our breath is still there. Our awareness of our breath, uh, you know, furthers our calm. So that, that's very nice. Uh, let's see if anybody else new. How about to our new friends in the room? Dustin, would you like to share on, uh, I guess it was good until the last 10 minutes and then it was not good at all. Yeah. I couldn't wait for it to be over and my body literally mm-hmm. couldn't stop moving. It hurt actually. My body literally was like physically wanted to see. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get to the breath. Um, some thoughts were hard that I was dealing with mm-hmm. but I literally I just kept moving around and it was like my body was yeah, that's, we'll get to that actually in, in uh, a little while here, but that's, uh, it's also good insight to, to notice, you know, hey, you're deepening your concentration and this is something new. And, and again, sort of continuing that, we have to be gentle with ourselves. This is, this is you know, just, uh, this is a, probably a long sit. This is a long sit for, for you know, a lot of people. And half hours is, is a significant amount of time to, uh be quiet with your thoughts and, and be quiet as they are and, and just breathe. It's, it's, it's not that easy. So good. You know, that's, it's an accomplishment that you sat for that. So and I was trying to notice, I was like, Oh, my body's really agitated. That's what I was just trying to say. Yeah. Like, wow. Look at my body moving around. Mm-hmm. My lower back was hurting. You know? mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, look at my body being completely agitated. Mm-hmm. So that was a new insight. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh We've had a few uh, sore behinds in this room, so we know what it's like. We know what it's like. Uh, how, how about you? I'm sorry. I forgot. Nina. Nina. Yeah. Forgive me. Uh, what insights would you like to share? Um, I felt really relaxed and calm. I think maybe I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I think I did. I got like you super got, rhythmic. Yeah. I think I okay. Yeah, that's. But yeah. almost the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got some. Uh, got some more coming for that also in a little while so um but but again this is this is uh deepening your insight your concentration that you're you're aware of these things you see them when they're present and that's sort of what we're continuing on with here um brian my friend how, how uh how are things going with your it's sits? good i i've gotten i guess to the point that yeah the, the whole every time john said thoughts would be flying like okay yeah sure Hmm. Are they supposed to stop? And I'm like, no, they're not. And you can't stop them because they arise from nothing and they go back to nothing. You have no control of that. So I I guess as my practice deepens, I don't really lose the breath that often anymore. And it's just the thoughts are blowing. But I'm still with the breath. If I I do, it's it's just right back. Again, yeah, very good. I mean, every one of you has shared insight into the four foundations of mindfulness. So that's uh, well, well done. Some gold stars are going out for for that. Um, so we'll we'll sort of tie this in as we continue here. And you know, uh, I have to sort of continue with what Matt did. He did such a great job in in laying out this foundational teaching. You know, uh, how how to structure of proper concentration practice, you know, what, what it is that we're actually doing when we're sitting quietly, you know, what we're becoming aware of. And, and that's you know, the mindfulness of our breath in our body, the mindfulness of our thoughts, 
or excuse me, the mindfulness of our feelings in our body, mindfulness of our thoughts in our body and as they arise and pass away, and the mindfulness of the quality of our mind. And Matt did a, a very uh, thorough job of that. And, uh, you know, I'll continue and, and we'll go on with the sutta. But I, uh, recently I saw a nice film of, a, it was an older film, but it had a nice metaphor, uh, you know, turn of the century type of film with a barge crossing a river. And, you know, back then there was someone in the front that would, pull the rope and get them off of the shore. So I feel that we're you know, slowly getting out towards the middle of the river and uh, our other teachers will uh, do a good job of getting us to that far shore, which uh, is another sort of metaphor that you'll hear often in this, this room. So um, yeah. And I, I think that uh, you know, this teaching that, that we're going to review this section of the Sutta um, particularly has uh some some reference to um, the second noble truth. Matt Matt also did a very nice job of uh, sort of framing the first noble truth w- within uh, you know the context of our life that, that we have a stressful life experience. We simply uh, are misunderstanding a few things, and as a result, uh, you know we, we have a stressful life until until we have sort of a, a, a framework such as the Buddha laid out to. Uh, to change that and uh you know the integrity of what has been preserved here at crossover meditation center through our teacher john haskell and his uh restoration of of the buddha's dhamma uh you know the integrity of those teachings and the integrity of our focus here uh over a number of years has has uh really provided us all with access to the truth and, and that's really what the dhamma is able to do it, it shows us the truth for really the first time in our lives, we were able to understand who we are in relation to the world around us. And further, uh, you know, that, that allows us, uh, you know, some, some accountability and some real honesty that, that we don't find elsewhere in the world. And, and that's sort of where we're going to go here uh, with regards to uh, this section of the talk. Uh, you know, that honesty that, you know, we are the own contributor. We are sort of the uh, designers and contributors to our own stressful experience. And that's a, that's a very profound thing to, to come to in, in life. Uh, and the Buddha and the Dhamma provide that and our Sangha supports that. So uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see here as we, uh, we continue. And, and just to, to continue one more bit on that, the second noble truth states that craving originates and clinging perpetuates dukkha or stress. And we're going to go into exactly, uh, you know, sort of what to look for uh, during our practice and to understand what exactly craving is. And uh, I think you'll, you'll find that. And if not, we will uh, expand upon the teaching. So furthermore, this is the Buddha's words. And to continue, this is, Mindfulness of the five clinging aggregates in regards to Satipatthana Sutta, Sutta, the four foundations of mindfulness. The Buddha's words. Furthermore, one remains mindful of the quality of mind in reference to the five clinging aggregates. We're sort of building, as we said, on what Matt's teaching was and what we've just shared in the room. We're noticing the quality of our mind now. We're developing initial concentration. We have some space, we've got some quiet time and we've got some, a method of concentration to do this 
Remain mindful of form and the arising and passing away of form. Again, this is going to sound like a list because it's five, five things I'm going to read through. Remain mindful of feelings and the arising and passing away of feelings. Remain mindful of perceptions and the arising and passing away of perceptions. Remain mindful of fabrications and the arising and passing away of fabrications. Remain mindful of the of consciousness and the arising and passing away of consciousness. In this way, one remains mindful of the five clinging aggregates and the arising and passing away of the five clinging aggregates, independent of and not clinging to anything in this world. This is how one remains mindful of the five clinging aggregates in and of themselves. Now we did, I'm just going to stop here. And there's another section that we'll we'll go on to in a little while. So we talked about, um, you know, sort of that wording of in and of themselves. And in this uh, sort of reference to the five clinging aggregates, we can sort of see here that if we are defining ourselves through each one of these five clinging aggregates, our form, and as the, the Bhattacharata Sutta explained last night, John and the Buddha, uh, his words explain this. When we are not present with our thoughts or we are not well concentrated, we are often putting our thoughts or pulling our thoughts from the past or experience from the past or projecting to the future. And the Buddha last night explained that, that when we are not well concentrated, we may have the thought. In the past, I had such a form, or in the future, I may have such a form. And this is a reference to our body, that that when we really have this experience with the truth of the Dhamma and a profound experience with impermanence, we understand that this body is... is uh, finite. You know, we only get one body here. We, we don't have an unlimited life experience here. This body will age as Matt went into great detail and so on. So if we are enamored with thoughts of ourselves, other than what it is, a body experiencing life as the body, it's a discrete phenomenon. We mobilize that or empower it with our thoughts instead of allowing the life experience to happen to our body. Our form is our form. We, we, we do our best to take care of our body and we do that in order to continue to practice the Dhamma. That's, that's called right effort. It's, it's included in the concentration factors of the Eightfold Path. But at the same time, it's foolish to believe that we're going to live for a thousand years. We, we, we've got one body and we need to really unite this mind within this body in this life experience to, to really, uh, to, to, to release this stressful experience. Otherwise we're going to have stress. We're going to have broken bones. We're going to have, uh, illnesses. We're going to have, uh, you know, various other forms of affliction within the body. So the Buddha will continue in saying that we are to remain, and this is again, instruction for our meditation practice when we're on our cushion. What, what are we, we, we've got the appropriate uh, sort of concentration. We're looking at our breath. We're looking at our feelings. We're looking at our thoughts. We're looking at the quality of our mind. But when we're actually sitting here on this cushion 
and we're breathing in and out. We have to be very honest with ourselves. Where is our attention going? Are, are we looking to put our thoughts about something in the future? Are we pulling something from the past, past trauma or future uh, delusion, right? We, we have to stay within this body. The Buddha echoes that by saying, we're remaining mindful of feelings and the arising and passing away of feelings. So we've described all, all weekend so far that feelings are just impermanent thoughts. They are not who we are. So it's, it's continuing on remaining mindful of perceptions and the arising and passing away of perceptions. This is, again, we talked again loosely about this, that, uh, you know, sort of the famous pop uh, saying of, I think, therefore I am, you know, we, we sort of debunked that. If we aren't rooted in uh, the wisdom of four noble truths, then what we think is actually ignorant. And so it, it's not an accurate reflection of what the life experience is. And further, that, that continues on with remaining mindful of fabrications and the passing away of fabrications. When we are not present with life as life occurs, when we're pulling from the past or projecting in the future, that's called fabricating. We are, we are making a reality different than what's occurring, different than what the experience is that we're having with our mind and our body. And finally, remaining mindful in the arising and passing away of consciousness. And that term uh, can tend to, to throw some uh, snags in people's understanding. But for the case of this retreat, consciousness is the overall way we think. And that's sort of what we're talking about here. The Buddha has given us sort of some medicine to help the way we think. And by doing so, by, by developing initial understanding of four noble truths, we are able to uh, impart our thinking uh, in a framework that is going to nourish us through the wisdom of four noble truths and an eightfold path of practice to take out into the world. So um, really what this, what this is talking about is to notice what is present and what is not as present. And, and, and everyone in this room is sort of saying that as we've gone along. Um, so I think we're probably pretty clear on that unless there's any questions um, on the five clinging aggregates. It's sort of a topic that we go into a lot of depth and there are numerous other suttas that uh, go very, very deep into this. But for the context of this retreat, it's helpful to frame it in the sense that during our practice, during our deepening concentration, our time on the cushion, provides us with the ability to see ourselves in action. As we've said, we, we can see the forming of stress on the wall behind me from one of our other suttas, our famous talks that, that John has put on the wall here. Um, the Buddha's Dhamma essentially is to teach the understanding of suffering and the cessation of suffering. That is, we'll get to that eventually, but furthering in short, the five clinging aggregates are suffering. This is what the Buddha describes as 
the personal experience of stress and suffering in the world. It's five discrete pieces that with concentration, with understanding, we are able to see how they coalesce and, and sort of coagulate together. So I'm going to continue on because this, I, I think we've really actually brought this out as a sutta, especially in, in the actual moment where we are right now. The Buddha continues. Kevin, Kevin before you go on, I'm sorry to interrupt you. To be mindful of during our practice and as we, we build a meditation practice and take to the Dhamma. The Buddha's words on mindfulness of the five hindrances. Remain, quality, remain mindful of the quality of mind in reference to the five hindrances. These are going to be all things that you probably have experienced in your life at this point and in your, in your meditation practice, whether it's seasoned or just brand new. When sensual desire is present, be mindful that sensual desire is present. When sensual desire is not present, be mindful that sensual desire is not present. Be mindful of abandoning sensual desire when it arises. Be mindful that when sensual desire has been abandoned, sensual desire will not arise in the future. The Buddha's words, when ill will is present, be mindful that ill will is present. When ill will is not present, be mindful that ill will is not present. Be mindful of abandoning ill will when it arises. Be mindful that when ill will has been abandoned, ill will will not arise in the future. When laziness and drowsiness are present, be mindful that laziness and drowsiness are present. When laziness and drowsiness are not present, be mindful that laziness and drowsiness are not present. Be mindful of abandoning laziness and drowsiness when it arises. Be mindful that when laziness and drowsiness have been abandoned, laziness and drowsiness will not arise in the future. When restlessness and anxiety are present, be mindful that restlessness and anxiety are present. When restlessness and anxiety are not present, be mindful that restlessness and anxiety are not present. Be mindful of abandoning restlessness and anxiety when it arises. Be mindful that when restlessness and anxiety have been abandoned, Restlessness and anxiety will not arise in the future. When doubt and uncertainty is present, be mindful that doubt and uncertainty is present. When doubt and uncertainty is not present, be mindful that doubt and uncertainty is not present. Be mindful of abandoning doubt and uncertainty when it arises. Be mindful that when doubt and uncertainty have been completely abandoned, doubt and uncertainty will not arise in the future. In this way, one remains mindful of the quality of mind and the arising and passing away of the qualities of mind, independent of 
and not clinging to anything in the world. This is how one remains mindful of the quality of mind in and of itself. So all of you have described at one point or another the quality of mind and all of these hindrances have sort of come up uh, you know, throughout this, this talk here. Um, and I think what's helpful is to frame this um, with, with, again, I won't go into the details of the eightfold path, but it's sort of helpful to understand, um, you know, to develop understanding of the Buddhist Dhamma, we need to uh, take certain actions on some things. And one of those, as we've seen here, we, we, we're sort of building our understanding around craving and clinging and, and what that does it creates a stressful experience. When we crave for things to be different than they are, we create stress. When we continually um, engage in behaviors or, or practices or activities that, um, that further, further these distractions, continuing to create stress. The second factor of the Eightfold Path is called right intention. And in that, the Buddha explains that we need to abandon craving and clinging completely in order to release ourselves from this stressful experience. We've built up this sort of misunderstanding of who we are in relation to the world and the Buddha sort of draws the line and says you're going to need to let all of this go and abandon it if you if you're going to continue your, to, to understand this you can't hold on to drag the past in and think that it's going to change your future when you've had thinking rooted in ignorance of four noble truths you will continue to have thinking ignorant of four noble truths unless something is put in the way to interrupt that or change that. And the Buddha's Dhamma, an appropriate meditation and concentration practice as outlined in this sutta, appropriate mindfulness, four foundations of mindfulness, help us to develop a calm and peaceful mind on our cushions. And as we do that, we're able to embody calm out in the world. We're able to do that when we notice the quality of our mind. When we notice when these five hindrances are present, when they're not present, and simply when we're calm. All three are noticing the quality of your mind. Signs of an effective concentration, mindfulness, or dhamma practice. I think all of you are, are doing that here. And I uh, have to thank all of you for the, the level of concentration and focus here because it's, it's, it's really nice to see. So with that, I am going to leave my piece of the sutta and we can go around the room if anyone would like to um, ask a question or make a comment. Uh, if, if, why don't we start with... 
right. You're wrong. You're, 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 you're looking lively. <laughs> Teacher, wrong. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for bringing both of these uh, sections in here. Because they're important in showing us that those things that <clears throat> become clear to us as our practice goes deeper, that both the five clinging aggregates and the five hindrances are impersonal things. They are just expressions of clinging to this ego form. To just know that is is a great help because it's easy to get stuck in these things, um, both in, in in identifying with form, feeling, all these things, but also in identifying with the hindrances that you're running into. Because you will run into the hindrances. Yes. And to know that at any time. When you're having a hard time, you can recognize which one of the hindrances you're just running into and realize <clears throat> this is one of the hindrances. It's just a hindrance, right? Right. Let's continue. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very helpful in, in, a, in a beginning, or even like actually in any, any section of the, any part of your developing practice. Is to be able to recognize both of these things as being purely impersonal. And you can recognize them and you can go on in your practice. It, 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 uh, in a way, it's hopeful, uh, it's, but it, it's, it's just helpful to be able to do that. Thank you, Ron. Kevin? Yes, John. If I could. Uh, in some presentations of the sutta, the hindrances are taught before the aggregates. In other words, it follows right after the four foundations of mindfulness. And there's a reason for that, and it relates a little bit to what Ram is saying. Uh, th these, aren't, these aren't two of the same things. And in those presentations, what the Buddha is emphasizing first is to, is to ground ourselves in the four foundations of mindfulness. And then he teaches us, what will take us away from that foundation of mindfulness if we indulge it? And it is indulging in the, um, the hindrances that then give rise to the personal experience of suffering. So it's important to, to recognize that progression and the way this is presented sometimes. The four foundations of mindfulness, hindrances take us out of that, that well-concentrated state. And when we're out of that state because we're indulging these hindrances, then we give rise to the formation of the personal experience of suffering, known as the five clinging aggregates. So the the five clinging aggregates are just that. They're the personalization of the stress and suffering that gives rise from indulging into these things which 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 are only a distraction and only arise out of ignorance. So I hope that, that clarifies that. Yes. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you, remember, John. remember that it's your hindrances that give rise to the to the aggregates. It's not the other way around. Because you can't you can't undo with that if you're if you're stuck in that view, there's no way you can extricate yourself from it. 
minutes just fleshed out to the hindrances that you'll experience in your life. <laughs> Kevin, I'm, I'm having a hard time following. Some of you are kind of talking over each other, so it's difficult for me to follow what you're saying. Could you, one at a time, please? Yes, there is uh, only one person uh, There's only one person speaking. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I, John, thank you for that insight. Uh, we, we particularly were hitting on this uh, last week in the talks, uh, yeah, this, the Sangha talks about sort of this, uh, and it came up again today with Brian, uh, this sort of food or sustenance for craving. And I think by you reframing the hindrances that way, that sort of uh, brings it, you know, the sustenance for craving is is hindrances almost uh, in the way you just sort of framed it. And that's what results in stressful experience of five clinging aggregates. That's, that's helpful, John. Yeah, if, if it is, it is. It helps keep it very simple because if we look at the the hindrances, they are every one of these hindrances 
in a in a broad, general but very uh, exacting way is what takes us out of our our bodies, and so it takes us out of our minds. And we're we're almost we're, con- we're not almost we're conditioned to believe that it's our job to manage these hindrances rather than. And I was Laura's not is Laura still on with us? Yes. It, Laura mentioned that the word mm-hmm. confront um, as coming up in in a in a during a meditation session and and these difficult emotions come up and you feel like you have to confront them. Um, looking at it this way. We don't confront them. We simply recognize this is what's occurring. And in our meditation, because of the technique, we're able to take a breath and let them go, at least in that moment. Of course, for those of us with conditioned minds, are going to be recurring. And the, the again, the four foundations of mindfulness addresses this directly. Uh, an emotion is a thought attached to a feeling. So the actual jhana practice allows us to unpack that, you know, the, the, the clinging that we have between thoughts and feelings and creating emotions which lead to perceptions and fabrications, those are all embodied in the five clinging aggregates. But in meditation and looking at the hindrances, we're able to see that and separate the, the fabrication from the, the pure reality of my breath, what's occurring right here and right now. And then we're not <laughs> confronting our feelings, we're simply recognizing the impermanence and the impersonal nature of them, and and Laura, I think I think you can see how that helps us move through stuck emotions rather than getting in and feeling like we have to confront them or analyze them or figure out where they came from. We simply recognize in meditation, I'm caught up in that emotion again. Here it comes, and and Laura, it's okay if you burst out in tears in meditation. It's okay if you start screaming at yourself in meditation. It, but And what you do at, at any point, we have the opportunity to reclaim our minds by simply taking a breath. And I would say, Laura, that you had a, a, a very um, successful meditation practice or, or session here today because of that. You were able to, to confront your emotions, but you stayed present with them. And, and in this way, you'll be able to uh, continue to diffuse the, these and eventually simply abandon them. They're all in the past. There's nothing you can do about them, so. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Uh, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, as John was mentioning, as, as we develop the concentration, you know, the space in between thought, feeling, and a reaction. And once you get that little bit of space, You know that road. We've all been down that road thousands and thousands of times. You know where it leads. You know where it ends. Do you want to go down it again? And I've just been saying no. And I come back to the breath. And I don't. I don't walk that road. And that's the recognition of the hindrance, whatever it may be, leading to the abandonment of that. Mm-hmm. It just it starts to get quieter, more quieter. Right. Right. After time, just. Thank you for that. That's yeah. That's great insight. Rather than personalize the hindrance or, or attach something else to it, it's a hindrance arising and it's a hindrance passing away, as Ron sort of said there. And that helps with sort of the the, the way it might be presented in other sutras. I think that that's uh, very helpful. Becky, thank you, Kevin. That was that was very. 
this in turn. It's very clear. And uh, I enjoy your teaching. Um, I really like what Brian just said. It's where it explains what you're going through when you try to abandon a hindrance or when you work toward abandoning a hindrance. The thing that, that, I, that came through to me this time was when the Buddha talks about the aggregates, he says, be mindful of the aggregates. When he talks about the hindrances, he says, be mindful of abandoning the hindrances. And I think that leads you to the conclusions that the hindrances are something that you want to abandon or that should be, or that, that you're working toward abandonment. So when they confront you and when they come up and when you recognize them, I think it's important to realize that's the moment where you have to be gentle with yourself. You cannot yes, beat yourself up because you are now again responding to one of these hindrances that you are trying to abandon. And I just think it's important to bring that out and because I think, you know, it's helpful to have that. It makes it right. something you can right. do and, and just hmm. there treat you yourself go. well. That's great insight. Yeah, I mean... Craving for abandoning the hindrances is the same, right? That's what you're sort of talking about, right? I found, yeah. I found too that the more you can do that, the doubt starts to turn into resolve. Very, very well said. Yes. And right effort. And you just realize you kind of got this, right? You just got to keep sticking to it. Right. That's actually, then the Buddha says that once it's been abandoned, it won't arise again. That's mm -hmm. the test of your resolve and the test of your effort. And let's be clear, the Buddha says it here. It's going to be put to the test. You know, it's, it's not, this is not easy work here, you know. So uh, very, very good insight there. Thank you. And what does it tell us if we still have a hindrance to deal with? Keep going. <laughs> Practice. That's it. Get on the <laughs> Keep going. You got another session or two yet. And if your if your knees hurt, then 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 be gentle with yourself. Take yeah. a break. Yeah, Maybe you sit for five minutes less. And yeah, it, you know, that's, a, that's if, if sitting, where you are, right? Yeah, Dustin. If sitting becomes really just too physically painful, stop. You know, yes. take stretch, yes. get up, walk around. Even if you're in in there in a, in the room, get up quietly sure. and, and walk around and sit back down. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing formal about 30 minutes or five minutes or three hours of meditation. It's there for deepening concentration. And if we get to the point where the physical pain is just too much, yeah. stop. Yeah. 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 And, and Kevin is so right too, that we, you do have to be honest here. You, if you have a little you know, a minor little ache and you give into it every time you sit, you know, you're, you know, you're realizing at that point that you're simply cultivating a distraction. But, yeah, no, you know. yeah, it didn't sound like you were. 
I get like that. I have there, there's times when I can sit. The most comfortable position for me is sitting on the floor, believe it or not. But there's times just because of you know what's going on with me over sixty six years that it's just too painful. And usually what I'll do is I'll just get up and I'll walk around and stretch a little bit and I'll go back and sit. It doesn't it doesn't change my concentration or the development of my concentration at all. So we just do it. And it's, it's something something came up when Matt was saying like after we were done, I became really drowsy mm-hmm. for a while. Like I wanted to just lay down and go to sleep. Right. Yeah. But that went away. Why did that happen? Why did it? Why did I get drowsy? It's stuff you notice drowsy. Yes. Right. And I didn't remember right. talking about it at the time. I was drowsy, so I was like, it's harder than it sounds. I'm drowsy. <laughs> it's harder than it sounds to notice your eyes and you passing away of your breath if you don't do it often or you haven't done it for a longer period of time it's yeah it, it, it extends energy it extends yeah. concentrate it takes effort it's it's you know it's went away like i'm mm-hmm. now back to feeling awake and feeling mm-hmm. aware mind is supple yeah very good very nice insight there jane my friend thank you for the teaching Right. Um, but 
It's um, holding yourself accountable, investing in yourself, being gentle with yourself, and coming back to the breath. And sometimes you want a different answer than that. Right. And that's the answer. So thank you. Very good. Great yeah. job. They're just thoughts we have to abandon, right? That's all we have to abandon. It's, yeah. it's, we, we put so much weight to them. and To what's going like Right. Sitting and looking at you... I can say, oh, thoughts in your head, they're just thoughts in your head. But the ones in my head, they say, great, right? So it's overcoming all of that and uh, releasing the eye-making that you associate with how powerful your thoughts and feelings are and not seeing that as a negative um, in order to let them go. Thank you. Yes, uh, really another great point that you brought up uh, in regards to what Dustin's saying. You know, the, the hindrances are something that, We've all gone through, we continue to go through. Some of us are very seasoned meditators here, some newer than others, but that's what a well-focused sangha and supportive sangha can do. You, you, know, you know others are doing this. We, we've all experienced it. We've had the sore legs, the back, can't sit for some reason or another. We, we, we've all been there. And that's why when we take refuge in three jewels, the Buddha puts a lot of emphasis on the sangha because that's there's something to that. We're all here in it together in that sense. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Teacher David. The best part of that is the candy event. As I say, it's beyond your ability, or you have to be a special meditator, or you have to reach this level. That they can be, and the practice they will be. All along the way, you're aware of it. Along the way, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of mental energy to do what you just did. And to be exhausted after, I cried at first. Very emotional. Very emotional. I cried my first year here. <laughs> John cries every day, every class. I'm crying now. <laughs> Dr. Kevin, yeah, uh, did you just? Hello. How are you? How are you, Kevin? Thank you for speaking. Yeah, and I don't have much to add. It's just that it just resonates with me what everyone is saying because it's just the way it is. Every meditation session brings up thoughts, and then those cause some resistance, and then the, you realize this is a hindrance. I'm, I want to change something. I don't like that person. You know, I, I'm anxious about this. And it's just very difficult and it it's great. And then once recognized, and I can at least for the uh, very temporarily say, I have to just let that go. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately it comes back again, but 
at least I can abandon it temporarily. Hopefully, eventually, we can all abandon these things permanently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Mateo! Um, I can say, um, so for me, the most uh, difficult hindrances is restlessness. So I always like wrongs um, try to fight all the time, restlessness, and then I decide just to accept it. Yeah. And, you know, be aware and see it. And it changed a lot, like my my perception to come back also to the aggregates and also like of course my meditation that's uh i uh, basically i think i reduce like in a very petty things anytime when i think about that and the other uh, hindrances and just recognize watching them and say okay fine next right and it's, it's uh, a lot it became so so simple uh but so difficult to apply in the same time yeah. mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, uh, the hindrances are subtle. I mean, we really, as we've sort of been talking about, we have to maintain our concentration. We have to have a, a level of ultimate honesty here in, in, in seeing this. You know, we really, it's easy to, to trick over or gloss it over and, and ignore them. But uh, that's, that's, you know, again, very good insight um, that, that uh, that all of you have shared here. It's, uh, it's been particularly helpful to me, uh, you know, even, you know, it's an honor to sit in this seat, but, uh, you know, Dustin, you've, you've been asking about how in the world do we do this? And, and it's a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge. I, I you know, at the, at the moment, uh, I've kind of had a seasonal sort of, uh, digression and, and I'm involved with some people and places and things and environments that are, that are pretty stressful. The time demand is very stressful. I mean, and you know what you've all shared with me—it's—it's it's sort of what John said. To sit here is—is is, uh, a privilege, but also an honor. And the, the reward that you get that you're all teaching and, and sharing with me has been profound. And uh, I will definitely be taking that uh, into my own practice. Um, you know, Brian, you know, hitting on that resolve is, is just beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, you know, because because yeah, you know, I'm sitting here with Ultimate Us. My resolve's been tested. You know, I, I have you know, long days, very early mornings, and Sometimes I'll try and do a little jhana in the fifth fairway when I'm sitting there. Their golf ball comes flying by my head, right? So or I'm sitting on a golf cart, and what are you doing, sleeping over there? And it's, oh, actually, I'm not. But so it's tough to bring it into the world, and that really brings us back to what we're doing here: we're framing our own practices, and to frame out and really be diligent with this time, and, and to you know, it, it's tough. I mean, right? You know, it's going. It might have to be earlier than you want it to be, and that's something I can deal with, you know, four thirty in the morning, meditate. Well, all right. It's maybe that way it's gotta be for a while and, you know, get that second sit in when you can and, and, and try and get to class if you can. Um, so it's, it's really been heartfelt and I have to thank all of you for that. So, uh, really appreciate it. And maybe one more, I think we have someone else online in an orange shirt up there. Teacher John. Leave me alone. I'm crying. Oh, uh, <laughs> What's Bodhi got to say? He's crying too. He, oh, Bodhi, he, Bodhi. He's loving it. Did you, come here. Come over here. Come here. Say hello. Come on. Say hello. There he is. Hey, Bodhi. Oh, it's the world's greatest dog. <laughs> yeah. So, um, especially for our newcomers, but it's, all, it's good for all of us to remind ourselves of this. We do use an awful lot of words and we, we, there's 
um, a lot of sub-themes to this, uh, this Buddha's Dhamma that we're teaching, but it really is very simple. And, and when you look at what Kevin taught us today, these five hindrances are common. We've all experienced it. And the five aggregates, the formation that arises out of indulging these, is also common. We all know that we have a form. We all can identify with it. We all know that we have perceptions, and we all know that those perceptions lead to a fabrication. Another modern word for that fabrication might, it might be, and it's a, it might be a good word, is an ideology, because that is something that's formed out of our perceptions, and it applies to every area of our life. And out of that ideology, that then, that then feeds the way that we think. In other words, it's not our thinking that creates our ideology always. It's often our ideology that maintains an ignorant way of thinking. And again, I, I realize I'm trying to simplify this and I might be making it more complicated, but it, it is just that and it boils down to what's occurring right now and what am I doing with it? Am I giving in to, to one of the hindrances? Am I driven by greed, aversion, or deluded thinking in this moment? Or am I liberated? Have I liberated my own mind? By recognizing and abandoning all aspects of eye-making in this moment, that will manifest in one of those hindrances, always. And the other thing to remember about the hindrances is they will take us off our meditation cushion if we let them. But if we just let them be with, as we recognize them, we won't. We'll deepen our concentration. So That's all I have to say. Am I the last one, Kevin? Yes. Okay, so um, I know you did this at lunch, but as you go to dinner... Uh, remember, it's the uh, we're 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 incorporating the eightfold path. So be mindful of right speech, and let that right speech uh, inform noble silence. It's okay for a group of meditators to sit around a table quietly, you know, if that's what if that's what it calls for. We uh we we have uh we don't have reservations, but they're expecting us at Bamboo House around five. Um, if someone could pick me up after, I'd I'd like to beg out a dinner. Um, as long as someone can pick me up like quarter to six or so. Is that possible? Shouldn't be a problem. Well said, John. You sure? You yeah. Because uh, I realize I might be cutting one of your, your dinner a little bit short. Um, but that'd be... Pardon me? Yeah, we'll take care of it, John. We'll get you. All right, good. Well, then I'll, I'll see you all uh, back at uh, at our uh, class tonight. Okay. All right. Well... Uh, thank you all for a nice uh, afternoon session. We'll see you a little later. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mateo. See you tomorrow. Hey, Mateo. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.